Hello, you're listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you regular news, reviews and interviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. A theatrical theme this week. Two of Amsterdam's English-language theatre companies have shows coming up. The Orange Theatre Company are presenting The Dutchman and the Queen's English Theatre Company reprise their unique interpretation of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. I met with QETC's Mark Winstanley, who's directing the play, and the first thing I wanted to know was what made his production different. I think the first thing to say is that we're setting it in 2018 and uh, two of the characters are main characters are originally Cecily and Gwendolyn and in our production they have become Cecil and Gabriel. So it's a it's an all male production. It's a pretty much all male production, but we've got a, a, a we've added some ensemble. There are seven main characters, but we've added an ensemble to it as well, which is a male female ensemble. But the main characters are, pl- are played by men. So it would be fair to call it a gay production. I'd be being disingenuous if I didn't say it was quite a camp gay interpretation of, of Oscar Wilde. But then I would say, you know, if you look at the origins of the play. Um, if you look at, at uh, what made you know Oscar Wilde write a play about having people having double lives, dual lives and dual, dual personalities, uh, then I think there's a lot of that in the original play anyway. Because I believe he himself was a homosexual. Well, he was. He was married with, with, with children. Uh, and of course, in that time, he couldn't be openly gay. Um, when he tried to somewhat be openly gay, it led to his imprisonment. And shortly after, he, he was released, and I think within two years, he was dead. Mm. So your your theatre company, which you do several productions, yeah. um, is called Queen's... Queen's English Theatre Company, so it's qetc.nl. And you're based in Amsterdam. We're based in Amsterdam. But and you do tour. We do. Well, we tour with the offshoot of that, that's called QE2. And that's sort of more uh, small-scale productions that I do together with uh, West End actress uh, Loveday Smith. Then we tend to do one bigger production a year, that's uh, important. It is a big production, it's in a bigger theatre. It's in the CC Amstel Theatre, which is a 154-seater, brand-new theatre. Um, so, um, yeah, there's a kind of two different streams to it, if you like, and this is definitely a, a, a full-blown major production. And how many uh, shows do you normally do in a year? <clears throat> I think two productions a year, because both Loveday and I are also doing other projects uh, in between individual projects and, uh, and, and stuff like that, TV or, or film things or voiceovers and that kind of thing. Okay. Because you, you were telling me earlier you have a, a little job in um, Madame Tussauds. I do. I, I, just for fun, one day a week I uh, go to Madame Tussauds and I play. I have a lot of fun playing um, sometimes an American music producer and other times a French fashion designer. And that's a kind of little cabaret. And it's been brilliant for me actually. I, I made a little film a little while ago and I used a lot of what I learned in that improv scenario um, in the film that I, that I did then. So it's, it's been really interesting because I'm not an improv guy but I've learned to be very quick on my feet. Yeah, the things an actor has to do. That was Mark Winstanley of the Queen's English Theatre Company, whose The Importance of Being Earnest runs at the CC Amstel Theatre in Amsterdam from the 5th to the 9th of November. 
Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk magazine, all one word, dot NL. Arts Talk magazine, dot NL. Arts Talk Radio Online. Interviews and features on the arts in Holland in English. One of the city's other English language theatre companies also has a new production opening, and our reporter Zoe Bays went along to meet them to find out more. I'm sitting here in Amsterdam. Uh, in the Jordan, and I've had a very pleasant chat with uh, Syrah Irons, who is the executive director of Orange Theatre Company, um, and also Mike Phillips Gomez. Now, he is the lead actor in their new play, The Dutchman. Um, Syrah, maybe we can start with you, and I know you're also acting in the play, so you have a dual role here this afternoon. Could you tell us briefly what made you choose The Dutchman for, for Amsterdam and how or why you think it will resonate with audiences here in Amsterdam? Uh, well, we always choose plays in... We, we produce three plays a season, so we always pick different plays, one comedy, one drama, and one more political-esque play. Uh, something that has more of a societal angle or uh, in any way uh, talks about or reflects about society. And I think Dutchman, we chose Dutchman because, um, first of all, we always choose very well-written plays. And then the themes, topics, everything that uh, Dutchman is about is something that we haven't touched upon with Orange Theatre Company. And we felt still resonates very much today because it's all about identity politics and about how people in societies um, construct their identities and deal with each other. It was just really a really good, well-written piece of theatre. Mm -hmm. And uh, themes were something that we wanted to really engage with uh, with Orange Theatre Company. Right. So now the Dutchman, as we said, the, the title is perhaps a little bit misleading because it is, in fact, a play that was written uh, very much in the time of the civil rights movement in, in America. Yeah. Um, it was published, I think, in 1964. Um, Mike, now you are from New York, so you obviously are, are a bit more rooted in all of that. Um, what speaks to you in the play in particular and, and what have you... Maybe you learnt about yourself and about this time in America by, by being involved in it. Yeah, that's actually a, a really good point. What I've learned about myself, you know, um, I'm coming from a multicultural background and family, you know, so mm -hmm. I am the uh, darkest or blackest, for lack of a better term, in my immediate family. And of course, growing up with nine brothers and sisters, I never had to consider my skin color with them. Although going out in the real world, the older I got, there was something that I felt about who I was and how I looked that uh, affected the way people treated me, and I didn't understand why. You know, and this is something that my dad tried to uh, get me to understand when I was young, but of course I just couldn't uh, understand. <laughs> so with this play and taking it on, I see very much so in what takes place as far as the events and, you know, Clay's characters. There's Here's this young man, this black young man living in, of course, 1960s New York City, who has no idea who he is and he's struggling to become a person in his own life let alone in society and what he has against him is of course his color and the prejudices that people have and judgments alongside what he believes of himself to be and what he believes he needs to be 
in order to just walk on the street and have daily life. Me, myself, um, I've experienced that in the sense of, you know, what am I at the end of the day? And that's connected to who am I? You know, is, is that my skin color? Is that the way I talk? Is, is it what I do? And although I've had my own personal journey with that, I've had to sort of really immerse myself in what it meant to be black, not just in 1964, but what it means to be black now in a culture that's founded on the oppression and exploitation of uh, people. You know, there was no uh, heritage for ex-slaves in America after uh, you know the emancipation. So what they had to do was do their best to emulate society that they were living in to become whoever they were to become. And of course, at the height of the civil rights movement, what you found was that black people were still not viewed upon as equal citizens in a state and country that you know, proclaims to have equality and rights for all who live under the law. So in this play, I think Baraka addresses these terms and these sort of issues, but what he also does is vent the frustration of a whole, you know, society and heritage of people that have not had a chance to voice how they feel about how they're being treated. So, so when we, we've spoken about this previously, that this play is working then at sort of two levels. Right. Um, as you've been talking to us a little bit about the, the historical context, the issue of the civil rights movement, the issue of um, racism, these, these kinds of problems. Um, but then you've also explained to me, both, both of you, how it's also a very personal play. It looks at individuals. And you've also said a little bit about your own individual journey. But um, these two the two protagonists who meet on this, this train. Um, their issue is also just about their own identities. Um, so Sarah, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about <clears throat> how, how that aspect of the play might resonate with, uh, with audiences here in Amsterdam. Well, what I really, um, what intrigues me about the play, what it does, it, it makes you question what you feel about what you just saw. It doesn't matter what skin color you have, I think. For each person, you have a different, probably, idea of what you saw, what you focused on. And I think always when we're um, looking at other people and having, like, judgments or pre... Um, how do you say that? Um, preconceived, preconceived ideas. ideas. I think uh, the danger is always to look at the other person, but it's the most important thing is to look at yourself first. How do I feel about it? And I think that's what the play does, where, and that's how it becomes timeless as well, because those maybe questions arose in the 60s in, in New York City when people saw it for the first time, but nowadays it might, you know, uh, resonate in different ways. In a different way. uh, and still, there, I think it's a mystical play in a way as well. As you said, the Dutchman, the title refers to the flying Dutchman. Uh, and I think there are timeless aspects of how people uh, deal with each other and identities are formed, especially when you talk about minorities and uh, majorities. And um, yeah, so I think that's why it would resonate in Amsterdam as well, because it doesn't say specifically about a time frame or about. It was written in the in the during the civil rights movement, but still there are aspects that are very much alive today, mm -hmm. and that's something that if, after you've seen the play, it's 
for you to decide what, what you still feel. How do you feel about it? Does it resonate with you? Do you think in the Netherlands there are still aspects of life that you know are um, are brought up in this play or not? Now, now, Mike, um, just you being involved in the play, acting in the play a lead role. What's been the most enjoyable part of that journey for you? If you had to choose one aspect, well, it's definitely Syrah. I would say about that for sure. I mean, because plays very heavy and you're dealing with a lot of uh, tense moments and you know violence mm. and the raw energy of it you know takes a lot out of both me and her you know I think and uh, it's so important for us to have a good time while we're uh, rehearsing and we're, we're building these characters in this relationship because although you know in performance uh, there's this tension and there's this resentment towards each other and you know maybe some would say hate you know, and violence. And, well, a lot of violence. They were pitted against each Quite other in this, this battle, you know? Mm. So, in order for that to uh, not just be genuine, but to be, uh, you know, authentic and to allow the vulnerability of who we are as people to come through, we need to get along, you know, outside of performance. We need to get along as people at the end of the day. And I think we do our best to support each other mm. in that way. So, that's been great. And the, uh, you know, the direction from Rocky has also been pretty liberating because... He's allowing us to really uh, find ourselves in these roles rather than uh, have sort of a strict sort of uh, direction and vision for once. He does know what he wants, but at the same time, he's given us the space and the opportunity to, to add and create. Now, Sarah, just tell us a little bit about if audiences would like to see this play. Uh, when, when is it showing? Um, ah. Where should they look? Yes. What should they do? They can go to our website orangetheatercompany.com uh, and we're performing from Friday, next Friday, November 1st, uh, throughout the weekend, uh, Saturday, two performances, and the week after, seven, Thursday seven, Friday eight, Saturday nine. Uh, and I know on the first, November 1st, we have a premiere night and there's always a champagne reception and Q&A and the tickets are selling really fast. Okay. It's always a special night. So uh, yeah, if people want to go to that evening I would urge them to buy their tickets quickly fast. get to the website yeah okay great but we're performing this uh, so next weekend and the week after yeah and um, looking forward for the Orange Theatre Company do you know yes. what's up next yeah after, we after do this one yeah we do um, we actually planned our whole season for next year already uh, Elise and I launched Orange Theatre Company in January 2018 and when we started we were just also going from one project or one production to the next and for the first time, a year and a half, we were able to plan ahead. Um, so we are going to perform the last five years, our first musical, in, at the end of March, beginning of April. Then we're going to do Metamorphosis. It's a modern version of a... It's a Greek play, or it makes fun of the Greek tragedies, uh, the characters. Uh, and then we're going to do new written work like we did with the B word. Uh, it's called Lux. And that's actually written by one of our ensemble members, uh, Sam Morris. And it's new writing uh, and it's about a dystopian world where people live under the ground. And they're, they're how do you call that? The, the money is changed for light. Okay. So that, yeah. Okay, so, so you've got a little bit of some of everything the full coming year. up. Yeah, everything again. Like it's like great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do. I think our, our goal as a very young but ambitious theatre company is to become a professional company where people can rely on us producing three plays a year. 
And in order to do so, we need to plan ahead because we want to work with the best. Absolutely. And we, within our budgets and timeframes, planning is key. Absolutely. Well, it sounds, it sounds great. Syra and Mike, thank you so much for joining me on Arts Talk magazine. This is Zoe Bass. Arts Talk Radio Online. Well, I'm afraid we've come to the end of another edition of Arts Talk Radio. We'll be back in a week or so with some more interesting people to talk to. And in the meantime, if you have any comments we'd like to hear from you, please leave them in the comments box below. My name is Michael Hasted, and so until the next time, it's goodbye. Bye. Bye.